What is going on? I want to welcome you from half court to the one year anniversary special. I am your host, Sean Murphy. And today we are going to be doing something a little bit different today. I have the pleasure of having Rod Beard on the show. He is one of the best uh, Pistons beat writers in the business. He's been in the Detroit news for 20 years. He's an outstanding beat writer. Originally got his start doing high school stuff in the area, but then moved on to Michigan basketball. Now has been covering the Pistons for five years. And he has a really good sense of the Pistons and what's going on with their culture and their future. And we had a really good conversation. So really looking forward to that. I am going to get to that pretty shortly. But first, I did want to talk about a little bit about the game of basketball. Specifically, want to dedicate a little bit of time to my guy, Cade. Cunningham. So let me set the stage for you. Okay. Kate Cunningham, 20 year old was being questioned of whether or not he was a good draft pick. People were comparing him to the likes of Anthony Bennett, to the likes of Greg Oden, to the likes of other draft busts that we have had saying that the Pistons should have drafted Evan Mobley or the guy that they were really saying at the time, Jalen green, by the way, Jalen, where are you at? Anywho, that's besides the point because Kate Cunningham has been putting up sensational performances for the Detroit Pistons. And this past evening, he put up a critical 34 points. In addition to that, getting eight boards. In addition to that, getting eight assists. Kate Cunningham was all over the court, was doing everything for the Pistons. And he was the reason why we were even in this game. This is already his career high, and he is the only player to get these kind of minimums in a game. The only other guy doing such a thing as a rookie is Michael Jeffrey Jordan. And the difference is Kay Cunningham being two years younger than Michael Jordan was at the time. So safe to say that the Detroit Pistons hit on their draft pick. But in addition, I think it is safe to say that the Detroit Pistons also won the NBA draft. They also have a guy that can help them contend in the future. This is the number one guy that they can truly build around. And this is a guy that a lot of guys around the league are respecting and saying is legitimate. That's something that's high praise for a player like that. In my opinion, it is time that we reopen the rookie of the year conversation because of the fact that Evan Mobley has been playing really well. He has been a really crucial part of their team. He's been elite defensively, and they are. he is a big reason why the Cleveland Cavaliers are winning a lot of games. However, he's not the primary guy in that team. Kate Cunningham is the number one guy in the Detroit Pistons. He's being asked to do more and currently is putting up numbers that no other player in the history of the league have put up. He literally put up a stat line tonight that no other player has ever done in the history of the game. And that's something he's doing. He's rookie year. He's getting better is the scary thing. He's efficient. He's making his teammates better. He's making stops. He got four blocks and two steals. He's all over the court defensively as well. This guy is insane. He was more of an interior presence than his starting center was tonight. Isaiah Stewart, he had zero points, which is not something that can continue to happen, especially the thing that's weird is that on Sunday, he had his best offensive performance of the year. He had 20 points. He shot eight of eight from the field. He was efficient. He was attacking. He looked like he actually wanted to be there on the offensive end, whereas tonight it looked like he was scared of the matchup. For whatever reason, Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets 
were just intimidating to him and he did not put up the same stat line. So something that's really disappointing, but overall, if you are a Detroit Pistons fan, you have to be nothing but optimistic about what is happening going forward, especially with performances like that. Now coming up this weekend, the Pistons will be facing the Orlando magic in Orlando. Uh, Be sure to be checking out my work on Woodward sports, by the way, because I am writing quite a bit about these games. I pretty much am covering the team at this current point in time for Woodward sports. So definitely be checking out that I will be putting that in the links in all of the videos going forward, because there's a lot of work being done. But with that being said, it is time to hear from Rod Beard. Thank you so much for listening. And we will catch you next time from half court. Be sure to subscribe. Thank you for making it happen for the year. Here's to another year, baby. Here's my conversation with Rod Beard. What is going on? I want to welcome you from half court today being Wednesday, January 26th. I am Sean Murphy. And today we have a special treat. I am joined by, he is a beat writer for the Detroit news of over 20 years covering Michigan basketball. And now the Detroit Pistons since the year 2015, he is the Detroit news own Rod beard rod thank you so much for being here i really appreciate it how are you doing today doing pretty good just coming off this uh west coast trip finishing up and it's uh it gets to you sometimes so i'm I'm, I'm happy to be getting home in a little bit yeah absolutely that was uh that was quite a that was quite a quick road trip right seven days four different cities all uh all different playoff teams that you're that you're seeing out there is there uh is there a favorite city you have real quick, Rod, like of, of all the cities you get to go visit throughout the league? Is there one that you look forward to going to every no, time? It's, it's really two. It's Toronto and Miami and uh, Miami, obviously for the weather and, and um, just a good city to walk around and Toronto, same sort of way. The weather isn't always nice if you go in the winter, but if you go to Toronto in the summertime, it is a wonderful, wonderful time. And um, just so easy to, to go across to Windsor, take the train and it's maybe, uh, four hours or so to get there, but there's Wi-Fi on the train. It's a nice ride through the countryside. So highly recommend if anybody uh, wants to get to Toronto. Yeah, absolutely. Those are, those are probably two of the cities I would expect to be honest with you. That's absolutely awesome. Um, so Rod, like I said, you've been covering the team for quite, for quite a few years now. You've been through uh, quite, you've been through um, a couple different regimes at this point. Um, so kind of my, my first question for you would kind of be, um, you know, obviously as someone that's around the team, um, this year kind of not going how some fans might've expected, right. With us getting, uh, the number one overall pick and Cade Cunningham, I think there might've been a sense that we, um, were going to be doing something a little bit different than what actually happened. I think the play, uh, the play in tournament was something that fans were hoping for this year. Um, so my question for you, um, is kind of what, what do you think is the general sense of, of the front office's attitude towards what this season has been like? I mean, obviously I know, I know some fans haven't been thrilled, but I think especially of late, you know, they, they just came off a really difficult four game road trip that they played really competitive in, um, they're 500 or just under 500 in the year, 2022, um, what, what do you think Troy Weaver's feeling right now about the team and, and what the young guys are doing? Well, I, I think Troy Weaver is looking at the progression in a couple of guys and um, Sadiq Bay, especially that 
uh, through all the injuries and through all of COVID, um, he's been the one that's kind of stepped up at the beginning of the year. He was in a shooting slump and not really playing well. But since Jeremy Grant's been out, he's moved into that go-to guy, the yeah. main score for them. And I think that's the, the key takeaway you've got to get from this season is that you can't measure and you can't gauge the progress that they've made um, because all of their guys haven't played together. It's just early in the year, uh, the Kelly Olenek injury, then you got the Jeremy Grant injury on top of that. Then you had COVID for like a week, week and a half where it, it, it hits teams differently. But for them, yeah. it was seven guys at the same time. So you can basically throw those couple of weeks away. Um, but that was where uh, Hamadou Diallo and Sadiq Bey really started to come into their own. So you can see that looking forward, what you wanted to take from this year was, hey, which pieces are fitting for the long-term rebuild? You see that Sadiq Bey definitely is. Hamadou Diallo is trending in that direction. Isaiah Stewart has come on. So you, you can't look at wins and losses and say, hey, this team is underachieving right now. There's a specific reason for it. Right. But you can look at the individual development at some of the guys and say, hey, these are things that that bode well for the long term future of what we're trying to do. Yeah. And, and I think that's absolutely spot on, because I think, um, you know, like 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 you said, um, you know, I, I, I think the uh, I think the expectations of us competing or, or, or winning as many like winning more games to to the scale where we would be in the playing tournament, especially with an Eastern Conference that got as good as it did as quickly as it did. I think it's something that as we've seen the season go on, I think we've realized that that's not as realistic. Um, and I, and I think to your point, um, seeing the, like seeing what pieces that we have and, and where they fit and who those guys are going to be long-term, I think to your point has been um, really, really important for us. And I think with that, um, I think there's certain guys, like you said, that, that we've seen that it's obvious that there's long-term fit here, like Sadiq Bay. Um, but now a guy like Jeremy Grant, who has been out with injury and is someone that um, at first was out of the question, we're keeping around, we want to keep around for the long term. Now with with the with the uh, surgence of a guy like Sadiq Bay, Jeremy Grant is looking a little bit more expendable and teams are really talking about wanting to get him Um you know, obviously a lot of the reports are suggesting that teams really want Jeremy Grant and it seems like he's going to end up being on a different team by the trade deadline day. What, what do you, is that the sense that Detroit's kind of coming to that reality or is there a reality where we very much can see Jeremy still in a Pistons uniform beyond the deadline? Do you think? Well, I I think it's, it's, can be either or. I think they realize that there's value. Um, like I said, with, with Steve Bay, that uh, he moved into that power forward position, that four spot that Jeremy yeah. Grant occupied when he was a three. So it showed them, hey, he can do this and he can carry um, the, that role of being the number one guy. So if we needed to or, or wanted to trade Jeremy Grant, the uh, opportunity is there. But I think they're looking at the price and making sure they're getting an equal return for that. And the sure. reports the reports out there, I mean, the, the one was... Um, just so far-fetched that it was for Ben Simmons, that it's um, Bay, Grant, Olenek, and a first-round pick. I mean, trade offers like that are, just don't make sense because the Pistons right. don't have a first-round pick. They're not going to give up Bay and Grant and Olenek that they just went and spent um, 
so much money for in free agency. And those are two of their top scorers in, in Grant Bay. You don't give that up for Ben Simmons, who's not a scorer. So it, it's kind of the silly season now where you're going to see trade rumors, trade offers, and things like that. I think they're going to look and check the market for Grant and see if they can get something like two first-round picks or a first-round pick and a young guy uh, and some salary filler if it comes down to that. But you want to try to stay on course with the rebuild that you're doing. And I, I don't think there's a way that they trade Bay unless it's a superstar type guy and, and a multi-time all-star or yeah. um, a franchise centerpiece because they're so high on Bay right now and what he can do. And he's under uh, a rookie contract and that will carry you for another two or three years without having to pay him big bucks just yet. Oh, exactly. And and I think, and I think it's, it's pretty obvious that we're in a position that it, it seems as of right now, if there's, if there's any guys on the Pistons roster that, um, that we can count on being there in the long term. It's guys like Keg Cunningham and Sadiq Bay. I would say it seems to me like, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but as of right now, it seems like those are kind of the the two kind of cornerstone guys. Um, and 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 with that, one of the one of the guys that is that we've been kind of trying to figure out more about is is Killian Hayes. And obviously, um, you know, as of the time of recording last night was the first, you know, first game back from his hip contusion, he's coming off the bench. Um, you know, obviously don't know if that's just because of his injury or if that's just Dwayne Casey making a change and wanting to see what Killian does coming off of that sixth man role. Do you think, do you think there's legs? Do you think, uh, Killian's going to continue coming off of the bench for a little bit? And if so, um, you know, do you think, uh, do you think we can expect that being a good thing for Killian's game this season? I mean, obviously he hasn't played 10 games consecutively yet, right? I mean, what uh, what what's the sense do you feel like about uh, Killian Hayes and where his progress has been so far this season? Yeah, I, I think that's the, the big uh, question mark here is um, just where he fits in all of this is because yeah. it, when you drafted Killian, you didn't know you were getting Cade and, and Cade is, has started to, um, a ball handler, a facilitator, a scorer. He's kind of all of those things wrapped in one. And you right. don't want to cut bait on Killian just yet. You want to try to find a role for him. And even if it is off the bench, I think that's something that works, that he could be the, the six-man super sub. What, what I like about him is that he brings a, a defensive presence and, and just the size that he can body up. And if you're doing a lot of switching, he can switch on to a, a small forward or power forward and kind of hold his own. He's got good, good building, good strength with that. Just you want him to be, if he's going to start, he's got to be more of an offensive presence and be able to be a threat to score the ball. And some folks have said, hey, send him down to the Motor City Cruise and let him try to figure some things out there. That's just not going to happen. You, you right. don't send high first-round picks down. Um, to it, it would be like the Tigers sending Max Scherzer down if he got into a slump and, and they sent him down to Toledo for two or three stuff. It's just not going to happen. You have to right. face major league pitching. And in Killian's case, you have to face NBA-level talent. Um, in order to figure those things out. So I, I think they're going to move him around. And, and just from the injury, you can't really tell just yet if he's going to be in that second group. But he looked fine last night. I, I think he it, – it's not about who starts and who – it's about who finishes games. And that's what fans sometimes get tripped up on is, well, these guys have to be starters. And if they're not starters, then uh, Dwayne Casey's making a mistake. Well, no, you find guys who have the right fit. And right. just like last night, uh, he finished the game, which is more important than who starts the game. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I think, I think the other thing too, to that point is I think we're finally seeing, you know, Dwayne Casey kind of playing a little bit more with what Killian um, in lineups looks like, like, obviously he was, uh, um, 
Uh, we saw quite a bit of that three guard lineup last night with Corey and, and Cade and, and Killian and uh, kind of speaking on that, you know, a lot of fans um, to your point, a lot of fans are kind of quick to um, anytime we see whether it's a Killian Hayes struggling or whether we get in a lot of these slumps, a lot of the times, um, you know, fans, and, and I know that you see a litany of takes or a litany of reactions from fans on social media, but um, I, I think one name that does get a lot of criticism in the Detroit camp is Pistons coach Dwayne Casey. Now, personally, I think he's he's had a lot of he's had this team fighting all season. I think we've made a lot of progress where we're at right now. I think that's exactly what a front office is looking for as far as what what to expect from a young team like this throughout the season. Um, what's um, wh- where? where do you feel like, you know, how do you think players view coach Casey in that locker room? And what, what about that dynamic? Do you think us as fans don't really get to see as much? Does that make sense? Yeah, I I think it is that he, he's kind of a no nonsense guy, but he's a, a teacher and a developer. What you don't see a lot is the relationship with the rest of the staff and all of that kind of goes together. You're not going to have, Dwayne Casey without his assistant coaches and without his development coaches. That's not going to be a long-term thing. It's, it all goes together. It's a package. Um, so you can see uh, just that Isaiah Stewart, those guys from last year's, those, those second year guys really value his wisdom and it, the faith that he has in them, but they understand that it's not a straight line and it's not going to happen overnight that um, you're going to be an NBA player. They know that he knows what he's talking about. He knows the NBA and, and fans may not like some of the sets that he runs or the, the combinations and, and groups that he runs together, but he's a good coach. He's respected around the league by players and by coaches. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the part that people don't actually um, kind of pay attention to is this guy was a coach of the year. He helped to build up that Raptor squad. Yeah. Um, and, and so the development that the players see is they know they're going to get better under him. They just have to um, commit to it, and it's just going to take some time. And that's that's probably the backside that, that, that fans don't always understand is that they look at results. And like we said, this season, in terms of wins and losses, it's not going to matter in the long-term rebuild. It's just going to yeah. be that incremental progression that you're seeing from some of those players. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I think we've seen, you know, especially for a team that at the beginning of our rebuild uh, or the, or the restoration process, mind you, um, the, the thing that was, that was prominent was how little we actually had as far as young talent went and how quickly uh, Troy Weaver, but also with the development of Dwayne Casey, we've been able to turn that around to have as many young pieces as we do have and as many shots as we've had to um, to the lottery board, um, mind you, has been um, absolutely crucial. Um, and, you know, kind of to that point, you know, this season isn't going to matter in the long term of wins and losses because of the fact that more than likely we're going to be in that top five draft picture again come June, come July. Um Obviously, uh, a guy that uh, that the Pistons have been um, have been linked to is is Smith out of Auburn. Um, You know, obviously, there's there's been a lot of guys that have been thrown around. Um, What what is your sense of what of what Detroit is looking for out of a out of a draft prospect going into the summer? I think they they want a guy um, because it it seems that their long term rebuild is, is getting shorter and shorter. That window now is looking like 
not next season, but the following season is the one that yeah. they really want stuff to start coming together. So it's not a project guy that's, that's going to take some time. They want a polished guy uh, who can come in and, and really start to develop in the same timeline with some of these younger guys that they've got. So if you're looking at a, a Chet Holmgren, he might take a little bit longer than a Apollo Bacchero or a Jabari Smith. Those guys look ready to hit the road immediately. Yeah. So I, if the pick comes out that way, then it is what it is. I mean, you, you take the best guy on the board whenever they end up selecting, but you've got to understand the, the trajectory of this rebuild is they want to be competitive next year um, and, and at least be vying for the play-in game, I would say, next year. And then the year after that, be looking at the playoffs and, and having some of these guys really mature. And Kate Cunningham in two years will be in his third year. Uh, the guys from last year will be in their fourth year. So they'd be ready to contribute on a bigger level. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and I think, um, and I think we're so close to that point where, where we can, you know, next year start talking a little bit more seriously about a, something like the playing game or something like playing back more meaningful basketball as the season goes on to your point. And I think that's, uh, I think that's definitely going to be something that we, um, that, that we can look forward to for sure. Um, uh, Rod, I do want to respect your time. So I do want, I don't want to keep you uh, too much longer. I guess like the one, um, if I had like one last question for you, um, do you think um, as we're heading towards the trade deadline, I mean, obviously I know, um, I know there's, it's hard to tell what, uh, what Detroit's going to be doing from your personal perspective. Do you think this is going to be uh, do you think this is going to be a trade deadline where we see Troy Weaver go out and be aggressive and try and make deals get done? Or do you think this is, this is something where we could see Detroit just hold, hold packed and kind of expect a quiet day when it comes to that deadline and what, what's going to transpire? Yeah, I, I think you could see some fireworks if the right deals come along and you get um, teams that get desperate and, and sort of say, hey, for a, a middling team and a contending team, hey, this uh, Jeremy Grant could be the guy that could push us into um, being a top four seed if that's important to somebody. Mm -hmm. Then, um, yeah, you could see them trying to pony up and put up a lot of assets. And the Pistons are, are just looking in asset acquisition right now is the yeah. key for them. So if you get a team that gets desperate, it's going to give you a lot. I, I saw some some rumors about the Knicks and maybe um, they're doing a Nerlens Noel and um, Alec Burks and a pick and Obi Toppin. If you get something like that, I think you go for that um, because you, you're getting a pick and the Knicks pick isn't going to be top or, or bottom five like you, you would see for um, a lot of other teams. Um, but if you could get a middle first round pick and Obi Toppin, uh, Nerlens Noel, who could be a, a real patchwork guy for you to fill that center spot, uh, and then another young guy like Alan, Alec Burks who could help you with off the bench too, you just acquire all those assets and you figure it out. But it, it's just going to be where teams are and where they think Jeremy Grant can take them. If he's going to be their second best scorer, third best scorer, um, if the Bulls are going to throw in somebody like a Patrick Williams, then you jump yeah. on that as often as you can. So I think it's just going to be where teams are, what they're willing to offer, and if that package kind of suits where the Pistons want to be in two to three years. Uh, but definitely you want a first-round pick and you want a young guy that you can build around also. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I, in, in, to that point, I think there's a lot to look forward to and uh, it's definitely going to be an exciting season and, and exciting. Uh, it's, it's exciting. Things are coming ahead. And I will say to anyone that is not following you, Rod, um, they, they definitely should be. Your articles are fantastic. 
Um, people can find you on Twitter um, at uh, Deet uh, News Rod Beard. Um, people can also find your work on the DetroitNews.com. Um, anything else? Anything else that people should be looking for, Rod? Anything else that you want to plug? Uh, just a couple of stories in the next couple of weeks that'll be pretty interesting. I think it's just um, the reminder here is just look, don't look at wins and losses because even sure. this week. Um, that Sacramento win was probably one of their best wins of the year. Definitely. Uh, just in, in, in down 10 uh, in the fourth quarter with three minutes left. That's a game that they lose 10 times out of 10 earlier in the year. And even the, um, the, the Jazz game, they came back and they made that a game. And then uh, last night in Denver, uh, down 16 in the third quarter, that's a game they just don't – they're showing that they're starting to build and have some pride about themselves, that when they get, yeah. get hit – in the third quarter, now they're able to come back and score some points. And again, this isn't at full strength. There's no Kelly Olenek last night. There's no Jeremy Grant. Those are your two highest paid players. Uh, and, and you're doing it with these young guys. And yeah. Trey Lyles has had a really good um, season in, in terms of playing out of position and doing a lot of things that you didn't know that he could. So he's going to be a fit that it's just a guy who's a gamer that comes out and, and he's probably given a little bit more than I expected. So all of that's going to be in, in grades. The midseason report uh, will be in the paper on Wednesday uh, and online probably tomorrow or Wednesday. But the midseason report, the grades, all of that stuff, and you can get a good take on where the Pistons are right now. Yeah, absolutely. You'll definitely want to be on the lookout for that. Um, hopefully that'll be out by the time that this is actually out. And if it is, I will definitely be linking that here. But nonetheless, I will definitely be putting a link to Rod's work because um, Rod Beard, you're, you're absolutely top-notch. I love, I love looking at your coverage. I love reading your articles um, and you're definitely an, uh, a must follow on Twitter for sure. You're definitely one of the best beat writers we have in the league. And Rod, I just appreciate you being here and taking the time doing this seriously. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, you give a lot of great insight to this team. And I think to your point, um, you know, just be patient and let's just enjoy what we have and let's just keep watching this team grow. But for now, um, definitely beyond the definitely beyond the Detroit news because Rob Beard is definitely going to have a lot of good things to say. So Rod, seriously, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Anytime, Sean, let's do this again. Definitely. Let's do this again. Would love to have you on for a little longer next time. And Hey, who knows? Maybe next time, uh, ne- maybe next time I'm down at the LCA, I'll have to come by and meet you for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. All right. Awesome. Well, Rod, thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate it. All right. Talk to you next time. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Thanks.